us, is this the lunch loop? If so, um, we wish to cancel. Um, we do not wish to belong to that or to pay this anymore. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Lund Loop Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about the intersection of markets, trading, and life. You see how I changed that up? I used to say where we throw off the shackles of technical analysis, but I figure what who cares about that? Let's just let's get right to the chase. We talk about the intersection of markets, trading, and life. And sometimes it's a lot more life than markets and trading. Can you hear my voice? Can you hear the exasperation, the tiredness in my voice? Here's why I'm tired. Not because it's a Friday, not because I've just spent the last week dealing with funeral arrangements and all sorts of uh, things regarding my godfather's death, of which I will have a future episode of the Lunlu podcast dedicated to because it's a surreal experience. But I'm tired and I'm whispering because we've got guests this weekend and the guests are not tiring me out. My wife is tiring me out because whenever we have guests, my wife turns into this totally different person that I don't even know. She's like, just, oh, oh, and, and can I do this? And, and can I do that? And oh, Brian, would you do this? And Brian, would you do that? And then she becomes like super apologetic for everything that happens. For example, we were having dinner. And our guest said, oh, is there some chili in this? Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I know you can't eat spicy. I'm sorry, there's chili. She's like, uh, no, I just, I like it. I just want to know what, you know. So there's there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot going on this weekend. And I just feel like I want to go into my bunker and lock it down. But anyway, I, I shouldn't complain, but I still will. Uh, hey, I hope you all had a great Father's Day weekend. I had a great Father's Day weekend. One of the things I like most about Father's Day is or are the gifts from my kids. And it's never anything expensive. It's always something handmade. They usually make a card or something. And I just love that. And so this year, my son hand wrote me a card and it just was fantastic. We have this little in-joke between the two of us. And it's really abstract and most people won't get it. But one of my favorite movies is A Shot in the Dark. It's the original uh, Pink Panther movie with Peter Sellers. And of course, Peter Sellers plays this bumbling French detective, uh, you know, Jacques Clouseau. And he's always trying to cover up the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing. And there's this, this ongoing gag where he does something stupid. There's a pause. Everybody in the room is quiet. And then he says, uh, what did you say? <laughs> and they go, I did not say anything. And so I started doing that with my son in the car uh, when we would go to school. So I would drop his sister off and then he and I have like a five minute drive to school. And sometimes we talk and sometimes it would just be quiet, which is fine. But I would just look at him and go, what did you say? <laughs> he would always laugh. So he made a, uh, a card that was really nice and wrote all these great things and it was all done. And then I flipped it onto the backside and it just had in quotations, what did you say? <laughs> so that really cracked me up. My daughter, on the other hand, Oh my God, this is crazy. So she's a big uh, reader of the classics. She's she's a better writer than I am already at 16. She's probably read more books than I have at my age, and um, which is great. And we recently went and saw 
Macbeth, the um, the Denzel Washington uh, movie version, which was great. And it was super fun because we both enjoyed it. And so she made me a Father's Day card in the format of a uh, Shakespeare play, but with Macbeth. So basically it was formatted in this way that I don't even know how she did it. It was like formatted how you would format a play. Uh, it was the introductory stanzas of Macbeth, but it was changed to be personalized. So instead of Macbeth, it was like McLund and she, it just was fantastic. Uh, I, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate it. So two great gifts. And then I got, um, they got me this hat that says drummer on it. It's really cool. I think I, I posted it on Twitter. It's just this cool squared off hat it says drummer in big letters. And you know, I'm not, I never was a hat guy growing up. In fact, I didn't like wearing hats growing up, but then I started to lose my hair. And honestly, I, when I started losing my hair in my twenties, it bothered me mostly because my dad had a full head of hair until the day he died. So it didn't make any sense. So that made me angry. And then at some point I realized, okay, I'm going to lose my hair. It's just going to happen. And I came to accept it, but I said a little prayer. I'm not, I'm not religious, but I, I said a prayer to a panoply of different gods. I, to, to Jesus, to Allah, to Vishnu, uh, to Jimmy Page, who is technically a guitar god. And I just said, if I'm going to lose my hair, if that's what you're going to do to me, fine. Just let my hair pattern be one of those good ones. Don't let me be the guy that gets the horseshoe pattern that's long on top, but is fuzzy in the middle. Like, just let it be uniform as my, my hairline shrinks. I'm okay with that. And of course, I got the exact hairline I hate. The fuzzy horseshoe, not only the fuzzy horseshoe, but like on the, the crowns of my head on both sides, the hair's still growing like it was when I was 16. So I even if I get it cut very short, it poofs out within two days. And then the middle, of course, is fuzzy. And I think I'm just going to skin the whole thing pretty soon here. Um, the problem is, is that I'm very skinny and I end up looking like a, like a, well, I, I don't look healthy. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, but anyway, long, long story short is, so I started wearing hats, not to cover up the hair. I could give a shit. It's just that it's a mess. Like, I don't want to mess with gels and have to get those poofy parts down. It's just easy to, to put a hat on. So now I got a ton of hats, right? So they got me a drummer hat. I love it. It's great. So, uh, it's this the lunch loop. All right. This week I wanted to talk about buyouts. As the market has come down over the last six months, you see a lot of people talking about stocks that are oh they're they're ready for a buyout or they're prime for a buyout or someone's going to buy them out. It's usually newbies that really don't know the mechanics of a buyout. We talked about this. Early on, I think in the first or second Lund Loop podcast relating to Twitter about some of the mechanics around buyouts. And I was just thinking about, back about this. I've been doing this for 35 years and I've only been involved in one buyout in 35 years. And it was totally by accident. All the buyouts that I've tried to get into, the mergers, the takeovers, none of them have ever played out. There's been three. One was a company called Homebase. Now, if you're from California, you probably remember Homebase. Homebase was basically the exact same thing as Home Depot. They had the same orange color. I think their sign was exactly the same. They were one of those mega 
hardware stores when mega hardware stores first came out and they competed side by side with Home Depot. You would, you know, on the weekend you'd go, well, I need to look for tools. Where do you want to go? Home base or Home Depot? And you'd go to one and if they didn't have it there, you'd go to the other place. And so home base stock was starting to tank. Home Depot's stock was going up. It was obvious that home base was not doing that well and Home Depot was doing great. And so people started talking about buyouts. I no, By the way, let me just put a preface here. First of all, if there is anybody from the SEC or FINRA listening to this, first of all, what are you doing with your life? But second of all, this is all just theoretical. I'm, I'm winking my eye. You can't really see it on a podcast. But this is all just, you know, fictional stuff. So, all right, so... I had a buddy who told me, dude, I've got a friend who works in the home base corporate office. And he tells me there's a hundred percent that Home Depot is gonna buy at home base. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. So I, I didn't really pay much attention to it. About two weeks later, the stock had dropped even more. He's like, dude, it's coming any day. It's coming any day. I'm like, well, the stock price is dropping. I my buddy says he saw some documents on the secretary to the CEO's, the secretary of the CEO. He saw a document on her desk that said Home Depot's going to buy them out. I'm like, hmm. And I didn't even stop to think, like, <laughs> why would that just be sitting there on the secretary's desk? In what world does that work? First of all, a buyout agreement's going to be. 250 pages. It's going to be lawyers or something. It's not just going to be like a, a memo on the uh, on the secretary's desk where she's going. Oh, I see that uh, we're getting bought out. But somehow I was like, okay, I'll put some money in there. Put some money in. Nothing ever happened. I can't remember what happened to the stock. I think it just got delisted. I lost all my money. There was no buyout. Home base went BK. Second buyout that I tried to get involved in was one for Platinum Software. Again, I had a friend who I think his I think his cousin actually took over as the CEO. Like Platinum Software was some distressed software company. He was kind of a rescue type CEO, so he took over and was going to get this the company in shape and so my buddy would tell me, "Oh, I talked to him last week and, you know, there's going to be a buyout. They're going to have a company buy them out, and they have all these different offers coming down the pike. And my buddy was a pretty solid guy, and I kind of knew his cousin, who was seemed solid. So I was like, all right. So I put some money into Platinum Software. Guess what? A month later, Platinum Software did get bought out, but they it was a buy under. I don't know if you ever heard of this. A buy under is where somebody actually comes in and buys the stock or buys a company for less than the stock is trading for currently. And the reason they do that is because they either know that the prospects for the... So the company itself knows that their prospects going forward are going to be tough. So they know nobody's going to buy based on what the numbers are now. They know they have to discount it going forward. Or there may be some big liability, a lawsuit, um, extra debt, something that the general public doesn't know. We, we all know that the price of a stock you know, at any given point can be out of whack with, you know, what are technically the under uh, underlying fundamentals. So, so yeah, so I think I bought the shares at 15 and they got bought under at 12. So that was a loss. The most painful one for me was a uh, stock called Immunomedics, I-M-M-U. I don't know how I came across this stock, but 
maybe two, three years ago, I think I was doing the Lun Loop definitely at the time. I started, I was, because I, I know I wrote about this. I started getting into this stock and I started listening to all the stories, the narratives. I always get in trouble when I listen to the narratives. Always, that's the way it always happens. But I was convinced that these guys that I was following knew what they were talking about. And so I started getting involved in this stock. And the, the mistake that you make with a buyout is when you hear the rumor about the buyout, you think, oh, it's going to happen right away. Like it's going to happen at the end of the week or in two weeks. And if you do hear something about a buyout and it really is a legitimate story, it's probably not going to happen for six months to a year, maybe longer. So the mistake I made in this case was I started buying really short dated calls and they would just keep expiring. They would keep expiring. I keep losing, losing. And then I went a little bit farther out. I bought some of the common stock. I tried to trade around it and I was buying shares and or buying um, call strikes anywhere between like 17 and 12. And like that was the range it was trading in for almost two years. And I kept getting, you know, my options expired or I would get knocked out of the stock and I'd get back in and I was just getting chopped up and chopped up and chopped up. But I said to myself, God damn it, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to stick with this. I'm not going to get knocked out because I know when I get knocked out, the moment I get knocked out, then that's when the buyout's going to happen. And I did this for like two years and then COVID hit and everything tanked and immunomedics dropped below 12 for the first time in two years, got down to like 10. I said, that's it. I can't do it anymore. This thing's going to zero. I was wrong. Went down to eight. Things kind of leveled off. Long story short is they got bought out by Gilead, I think three months later for $88 a share. I can't even tell you how much I would have cleaned up if I had hung with that. So those are the three stocks that I tried. I'm sure there's others. There are three stocks that I tried to get in on the buyout. Never could. Then just by total accident, the one stock that I was in that, that uh, got bought out was called SRAD. And a lot of people in the Lund Loop community will remember it. It was a, um, it was like a gaming company, like, a, you know, one of those companies, they don't, they weren't uh, like a DraftKings. They didn't facilitate the bets, but they were like, a, I think, a company that did like betting software or something. I don't know. I was just trading it because I thought it looked good on a short term and it was building a position and then boom, it got bought out. And uh, so it was just random. So anyway, I just it's funny when you see all these people talking about buyouts. They think a buyout's going to happen. I've never been any good at trying to catch a buyout. I don't know anybody that's good at trying to catch buyouts, people that have been successful doing it. I assume there's some people out there. I know that's a specialty. Uh, if any of you out there are good at it or you try to, try to uh, if that's part of your methodology, let me know. But um, I think it's just one of those things that it looks good from, you know, when you see it like, oh, this got bought out and you think someone must have known about it. There had to be somebody that was into it. But I, I don't know. I just get the feeling that most people that catch a buyout they're one of two people. They were either super lucky, like me with SRAD. They just happened to be in it at the, the right time. Or they're just going to be in it till it goes to zero, right? They're, they're so dedicated to sticking with that stock because they think it's going to get bought out. But that doesn't mean anything. It could be, <clears throat> excuse me, that could be like me with Homebase or Platinum Software, right? So it's people that are lucky or people that are just 
dumb lucky that just stick with something for a long time and then they catch uh, they catch fire um i would like to repeat that want to be canceled from the lund loop whatever you've got me on um if you wish to call and explain what it is uh actually uh, forget that well that's it for this episode if you got any questions hit me up at brian b-r-i-a-n at the and i'll see you next time bye